This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, May 21st, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. I welcome you all. I'm glad you are going to spend this hour with me. Hopefully, I'm going to do my best to move you one step closer to your goal of being a better investor, a better saver. We don't talk about that enough. I know this is Invest Talk, but saving is as much, if not more important than the investing side. And hopefully I can work on work with you on that as well. I know in t- these times are tough and uh, the world's upside down right now, but we all have to make do, right? We're all in this, uh, in this together. And, you know, we're opening back up, the world's opening back up to some degree. And uh, the big question is, well, what type of world do we open back up to? Uh, and how does that affect earnings of corporations in the economy. Uh, now, we're pretty much past the first quarter earnings season, right? And the end numbers are somewhere in the ballpark of negative 14% earnings growth. So, And that's the worst quarter since Q3 of 2019. So clearly, companies are, are struggling. And remember, that's the first quarter. So they'll three weeks of that, maybe a quarter of that quarter was this shutdown uh, of the economy. So the second quarter is going to be probably far worse. Uh, the Let's see, the GDP dropped 5% in the first quarter. Earnings dropped 14%. You're going to see GDP contract uh, north of what's the GDP? What's the GDP now figure? I know uh, I, know I have the, the app on my phone and that's, that's always nice to just kind of check in. There's actually an iPhone app. I don't know if you know that. Uh, the, the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta has their model, the GDP now, uh, now cast of, you know, incoming data and they adjust their model based on the incoming data. And right now in Q2, we are tracking at negative 42% GDP growth, uh, which would clearly be probably, I mean, I, I don't know going back to the 1800s, but probably the worst economic contraction since who knows when? <laughs> Definitely before any of us were born, uh, and so you're you're likely to see an even worse uh, decline in earnings this year or in this quarter. But once again, what do we look like coming out of this? There's there's going to be rate of change positive growth in the third and fourth quarter from you know this quarter because the base is so low. Uh, the big question is where do we level off on? One positive that I've seen is if you look at Apple Map. Directions, you're tracking that, right? Because if you're driving around, more people driving around, they're starting their directions on Apple Maps. We're only about 15 or 20% below the peak in driving before uh, the shutdown. So, you know, part of that will, will still come back, but others won't, right? There's parts of the economy that we know that will be transformed forever, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. Let's just say that. I'm sure 15 years from now, Flying, traveling will be somewhat similar to pre-COVID, but it's going to be a while, right? And so we know that the airline industry is going to be transformed, the hospitality industry. There's some, uh, I remember there was a stat about uh, that what remains on the floor. I talked about driving is 
off the floor, right? What's still on the floor is actually business travel and those companies that are looking to travel for business. And that's something I think will be, we'll never get back to those, those levels, right? Because I think of doing video chat today, similar to, you know, online dating 10 years ago, you know, 10 years ago, it was kind of like this, you know, are you really doing online dating type of thing? And now it's kind of everybody, right? It's just, that's just the way people interact. They uh, interact online. And so it's not as taboo as it was a decade ago. Now, sitting down, having a business meeting, especially something that's, that's big, you know, maybe a big, important meeting. Uh, I'm sure a lot of those will be, uh, in person, but, you know, do you really need to spend a thousand dollars to fly your sales guy across the country to sit down with a account, you know, a, a, a account you may or may not get? You know, probably not. So I think that's a part of the economy that is going to be transformed. So cer- certain companies will benefit. Some have already been priced in. You know, you have companies that have already rallied. How much of that is already priced in? How much is over optimism? We're going to come back to some middle ground. We know that there's going to be a middle ground here. We're not going to be shut down. The world's not going to, uh, we're, we're going to go on, right? But it's going to still be a, a different world. So. We're going to touch on all of these things as this pandemic goes on. And in this show, our goal here is to make you a better investor. And that's what Steve and I strive to do each and every weekday on Invest Talk. And we do that with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. So we're not like other financial advisors. We're not pitching annuities or some high commissioned mutual fund, right? We're, we invest in the strategies that we deploy for clients. And so that's why, and that's why we're able to give unbiased guidance. We don't have an ax to grind, uh, to, uh, push these type of investments, right? We just looked at out there in the marketplace. We buy what we see is prudent and smart for our clients and for ourselves. So now that I set that up, I want to hear from you. I want to know what's on your mind in this hour. That's the most important thing for me is to answer your particular questions, finance or money related at 888-99-CHART. Now, if you do want to do a video chat with uh, myself or Steve or phone call, we do those uh, daily now, uh, multiple a day, uh, you can do that. You can set up an appointment at investtalk.com to click on the contact us. Or actually, most importantly, the best would be going to the portfolio review page, the drop-down menu on the Invest Talk tab, portfolio review give us a little more information so we have a little context then we can set up a time to have a call or a video chat. So once again, investtalk.com. Now my main talking point today concerns the story most Americans describe their lost jobs as temporary layoffs, but a lot of them are going to be mistaken. And I'm going to look at some data and some surveys from various sources. I think that will be interesting as well. Also, going back to what I kind of kick this off with was that financial success often is mundane, right? I talked about savings and savings is a big part of your financial success. I'm going to touch on a lot of the, the boring parts of having a secure financial future that most people overlook because they just focus on the exciting part. So I'm going to touch on that. Also, 
commercial real estate. What is the current status of that market? Where are things kind of holding up? Where are there signs of major distress? And then lastly, I'll touch on maybe the bill coming out of the Senate on the China stock fraud, uh, I guess, stamping out, shall you say? We'll see how that goes, but that's something to continue to watch, especially if you own or looking to own any Chinese domiciled company. Now, as you've noticed, Steve and I do our very best to fit in as many caller questions as possible. So are we going to go do that right now at 888 chart This is Peter from Dallas, Texas. I'd like you to comment on Starbucks SBUX. Thank you very much. Well, Starbucks is a company uh, I think it should be on everyone's watch list. $91 billion market cap. They, they clearly have... A business that works and I don't think it's going away anytime soon even in the post-COVID world uh, they have a lot of drive through so that's certainly going to help that's been helping them even though earnings were down 5% sorry earnings down 47% last quarter revenues down 5% and technically this looks pretty weak and I you know I still think it's cyclical more people getting laid off less people are going to waste I don't say waste <laughs> less people are going to go drop 10 15 bucks on coffee and you know a breakfast sandwich or whatever you buy you know they buy at Starbucks and now I go to Starbucks I like Starbucks but certainly they're going to have some cyclicality to their business uh, and you've seen that already uh, so and there's going to be some increased costs to doing business as well from a sanitation perspective that's something I think is underappreciated for a lot of these food service companies is how much additional cost from workers to supplies will be needed to keep a sanitary environment and and so I like Starbucks I just think uh, you, you're gonna need a, a resolution of this recession before I would be excited to be buying Starbucks. So I'd keep it on your watch list, but not yet. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein and we have posted a new April bonus show podcast. It's called the Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour. Steve and I answer twenty nine questions at a much quicker pace. You know, your unbiased guidance is waiting for you anytime at investtalk.com. And please tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk and our free podcasts. And now I'm taking your questions live at eight eight ninety nine chart. You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Thursday, and there's no doubt that the COVID-19 pandemic has caused financial disruptions around the world. But you've got an asset portfolio to protect and grow. So you've got finance and investment questions. Justin Klein is here, and he's taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Go to Brian in San Mateo. He's looking at Levi Strauss and Company. Hey, you looking to buy, it, Brian? You? I'm doing well. Are you uh, you looking for kind of your bread and butter apparel company? It sounds like. Yeah, well, I like the price right now. Um, I was mm-hmm. wondering what your thoughts were about it. It it, it bottom took a took a sharp up and then it pulled back. It looks like it wants to be bought here. What do you think? 
I I think technically it does look nice and I'd say constructive. It just uh, broke above the 50-day moving average. That's nice and positive. Uh, your your MACD is nice and positive. So there's a lot to like for me on the chart. I want to look at some of some long. See, the hard thing is it's only been public since early last year, so there's not a lot of price history here. Uh, so it's still in a general downtrend since that that time it went public. And if you look at it from enterprise value, EBITDA perspective, seven and a half times, that's not too bad. That's, that's not that expensive. It has a good balance sheet, pretty much uh, no net debt. Uh, I like that. Positive free cash flow last quarter. And the big question is how much will this affect their, their business? Now, the CFO has come out and said that they, they saw themselves as winners going into this and they, they think they'll, they'll be winners coming out. But, you know, it's something that I think there could be, there, there's still going to be some economic headwinds. You know, they haven't really reported earnings that includes this, right? Their last quarter ended on fe- end of February, which doesn't include uh, this this period. So uh, there's there's a lot of uncertainty here. Earnings are expected to drop from a dollar twelve last year to thirty nine cents this year. I'm sure a lot of this has to do with the pandemic. Uh, but I like that they have a good balance sheet. I like the technical. I like the technicals. I don't love them because long term, the de- it's still in a downtrend. Um, and I like the balance sheet. And I think in this environment, more people are going to be spending money on your 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 cheaper cheaper apparel, right? Uh, uh, cheaper jeans, etc. Not your luxury items. So, you know, it pays a nice three point two percent dividend. I like it. I just don't love it. You know, um, I think they'll benefit J. Crew going out of business, other other uh, companies going out of business, and they're not in that trouble because of their balance sheet. So, like like I said, I like it, but I don't love it. Does that make sense, Brian? Thanks for the call. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. During these times, you might find you're going to have some additional time to browse the internet, and you're probably looking to become a better investor. Right? That's why you're listening to the show. That's why you're interested in uh, the markets. You want to make better decisions with your money, and that's understandable. And in order to do that, perspective helps, some uh, sound advice helps, unbiased guidance, and that's why you can head over to investtalk.com. There's a lot of valuable resources like our daily podcast that you can download for free anytime at investtalk.com. But now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk, and now more states are reopening their economy. There has been some open revolt in some cities and counties. So where's it all going, and what does it mean for market investors? Steve and Justin welcome your calls. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Ray in Los Angeles. How you doing, Ray? Doing well, Justin. How are you doing? Doing great. What can I do for you? Um, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you for the show, man. I'm a huge fan. Uh, want to thank you and Steve for your um, for what you guys do, man. It's really informative, and thank you. No problem. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Um, I had a question about Dropbox ticker DBX. Okay. 
Um, I was looking to buy it, and I just wanted to see what was your outlook on it in this particular environment. I mean, obviously, this pandemic is going to be uh, going on for quite a while. And I work in the entertainment industry, and I do a lot of file sharing. I'm working from home currently. um, And Mm -hmm. I can just see this whole thing becoming a big, big part of life, you know, for the future. And I just wanted to know what your outlook on this particular company uh, is for the future. Good, good, good sheets. Looks like there's very little debt to none, uh, strong performances. And yeah, what's your opinion? Well, you're right. They do have a good balance sheet and they have some secular tailwinds, shall I say, right? Around cloud computing, cloud storage, and this will become more prevalent in, uh, in the world. My issue here is that I don't see a real competitive advantage with their business, right? Uh, I know we use Microsoft 365 for you know our Outlook and Word and Excel, et cetera, right? And that already comes with a terabyte of cloud storage, and it's all integrated into the Microsoft system. So you know it, it, it just it works all together. And to me. There are too many ecosystems out there. Apple comes to mind as well. You know, on my iPhone, I have uh, Apple, whatever, cloud, and it stores all my data in the cloud, and I can drop more. And it's all part of the ecosystem. With Dropbox, my issue here is that it doesn't have an ecosystem to build upon and keep, keep uh, the customers inside that ecosystem. Uh, I think you'll ha- they're going to continue to have their customers leak out to other competitors as they start to use, you know, Apple, Microsoft, whatever. There's a lot of other ecosystems out there that include cloud storage, you know, Google, for example. So I think their competitive advantage is just not very good. Their margins are going to continue to be compressed because of that. Uh, and that's that's why I don't like this this name. You know, on the tech side, the reason that a lot of these tech companies do very well is the ecosystem that they create, right? Apple has the iOS ecosystem and that is going to, and has kept customers coming back because they're ingrained and they know how to use that ecosystem. I don't think there is much with Dropbox. And so me, that's why I'm not a fan of it. And it's still, it's pretty expensive. You know, even though they had positive three free cash flow of uh, close to 400 million, you're talking about a $9 billion company uh, and revenues are actually decelerating. A year ago, they were going up in the mid 20s. Now they're only in the, the high teens. So, you know, I just don't love it. I think it's too expensive. The, the chart is, you know, okay, uh, but the relative strength in the tech industry, it should be stronger. Uh, and so that's why I'm not a fan of Dropbox. Now, could get bought out. Uh, if only the only play here is a buyout candidate, right? Where uh, another company wants to acquire their their users, you know, like a Zoom, for example, right? Who doesn't have that, and they want to they want to fold that into their business. So that's the only way that I would see this is a good buying opportunity is if you believe there's going to be another company in, com- company coming in and buying them out. Thanks for the call, Ray. Now, my main talking point today concerns the story. Most Americans describe their lost jobs as temporary layoffs, but is that wrong? Well, according to the University of Chicago, they predict that 42% of the lost jobs so far, equating to about 11.6 million of million jobs, will be permanently lost. 
permanently lost, right? Uh, and even though 78% of those unemployed think they're going to be rehired. So there's a big disconnect there between, you know, 22% thinking that their jobs won't come back and the professionals are saying this is closer to 42%. So about double the amount that expect it to be permanent will actually be permanent. Okay. And there's a few reasons for that. Now, one is certain types of jobs will just be eliminated completely. And a big part of that is going to be restaurants. So far, the National Restaurant Association, as of late March, remember this is a little old, that 3% of restaurant owners and operators are going to be closed, or have already closed permanently. And 11% anticipate the same thing in the next month. Meaning about 100,000 restaurants are likely to close permanently due to this pandemic. And there's about a little over a million restaurants in the US. So about 10% of restaurants are likely to close for good. And you can expand this to the the, the hospitality industry. Obviously, MGM uh, is worried about reopening. And there's a lot of hotels that just want to reopen as well. So a lot of those uh, are going to be gone for, for at least the, the foreseeable future. Now, there are companies that are hiring more. Amazon, Walmart, Lowe's, General Dollar, Papa John's, Domino's. These are all beneficiaries of the pandemic. And that's what you have to focus on. There's these companies that have beneficiaries of this pandemic and can, and it's still a relative good values, right? Now the next and best talk, the story, the sharp edge of the volatility sword cuts deep One opinion claims that the central bank policies encourage speculation that many investors are in over their heads. That story tomorrow, but for now, I'm ready to take your calls at 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers 
who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Selena from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I had a question regarding Tesla. It looked like the stock rose about $53 today, and I'm wondering if it's a good opportunity to take a short position. Any input would be great. I'll look forward to hearing the answer on the air. Thanks. Bye. Well... I think uh, you know Tesla has been a difficult short. Uh, you know it's a it's it's a name that you know they still don't make. You know they've they've created a lot of accounting gimmicks in order to quote say pro- they're profitable. Which you know if you back out those, uh, they, they do things like they change their warranty reserves by basically saying that they're going to have less warranty costs in the future, and then they. Uh, that's a profit today. So there's different non-cash items that they that they utilize to make it look like they're profitable. So uh, I like that you're you're looking to short it. Um, the way that I'm playing Tesla, I'm just owning, and I don't own a lot. Uh, very long dated, way out of the money put options on Tesla. Um, there's a lot of stock manipulation around uh, calls being bought way out of the money, uh, and so I, I don't want to play that. I don't want to play that game. I think Tesla will eventually go down in flames i think people are starting to wake up to elon shenanigans uh but uh, you know until they run out of fresh money that wall street wants to raise for them right uh wall street loves tesla because they get their fees they sell shares they sell convertible bonds they sell all these uh instruments to continue to fund the negative uh cash flow at tesla and you know, until that stops, you know, the game, shall we say, uh, will continue. Uh, I don't know when that's going to be, though, to be honest with you. Uh, I kind of given, I've given up guessing on when that is. I just own some long dated put options way out of the money on, on Tesla. So one day it comes out, they have fraudulent books or, you know, they, they just run out of money. They can't raise anymore. I think that's the day of, of reckoning, but, you know, it could be a name where, it stays up here at $150 billion valuation for a long time. And then one day it just files bankruptcy. I could totally see it, that happening. Uh, and then the stock staying at $100 a share. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's been the craziest story I've seen in my career. Um, and so that's why, you know, I've kind of given up on trying to guess on, on what, when the downfall is, uh, because I know Wall Street loves their fees and able to, uh, to raise capital. So if I'm going to play Tesla, like I said, long dated, long term, put options. 
Thanks for the call. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let's touch on the keys to financial success, right? A lot of people, everyone wants their quick fix. You know, in today's world, when we have a supercomputer in our hands, we are so used to dialing up a, a quick fix for anything, right? You can go on YouTube and Google or and search almost any anything and solve a quick little problem. There are tools today that make life so much easier. And we want to make our financial picture easy, right? And our financial future easy. But we all know that when it comes to you know, like getting in shape, for example, you can't get in shape by going to the gym once, right? Or eating one salad. It's about having habits, working out regularly, eating well regularly. And that over time will make you healthy, just like in the financial world. It's not about making that, that next hot investment. Right? And, and it's going to solve all your financial problems. That's not how it works. Right? Could you get lucky? Sure. But 99.9% of you aren't going to get lucky. And so you need your habits to do the heavy, heavy lifting for you. No one investment is going to do the heavy lifting for you. Now, many investment advisors are eager to pitch this to you, right? By selling annuities, for example, or variable, uh, sorry, uh, universal life, whole life, permanent life insurance, that they call it. You ever hear permanent life insurance? Run. Okay. And they think that they're going to work their magic. And, and that's certainly, they certainly can help, but stepping up your savings rate, Building an emergency cash cushion, these things are boring, but and they're not as exciting as watching your money grow, but they are the gym and the salad to your financial future. And if you do them consistently, you will be in much better shape. So there's a few things you need to focus on. One is appropriate savings rate. Right. No matter how, if you make one killer investment and you do it with a thousand dollars, what you're gonna suddenly have ten thousand dollars? That's not gonna change your life, right? But if you can have a lot of money and consistently grow it and compound it, that's when you are going to have financial freedom, right? So saving consistently, and that's why four hundred one ks are so so great because it forces people to save consistently without them ever looking at it. So create savings habits, both in your 401k and outside as well. Number two is most overlooked, human capital. No investment is going to be better than investing in yourself, right? Whether networking, attending conferences, learning new skills, New, you know, taking training lessons on different aspects of your career, advancing your career is going to be the number one way you are going to achieve financial freedom. If you think being a waiter, especially in this environment, and and, and using that money to invest is going to catapult you into being rich, I've another thing coming. 
or you have another thing coming, right? So there's that. So work on yourself. Number three, invest aggressively when you're young. Take some risks. It's okay. You know, I, I, I've invested in private companies that have turned out very well. And it was very high risk, but it ended up being worth, you know, th- these investments for the most part tend to be worth the risk. And so being smart, finding ways to allocate your money to small companies, taking risks with your portfolio, uh, when you're young can be very good. But when you're, you know, you're older, you can't do that. You can't shoot for the, shoot for the sky. And it's not saying you have to you have to take a ton of risk with all of your portfolio, but small risk with a small percentage of your portfolio is definitely not a bad thing when you're young. Also, don't skip on insurance. Investing won't protect you from big risks. And I'm not talking, once again, about permanent life insurance. I'm talking about property and casualty, an umbrella policy on your home, uh, good health insurance, all of these disability insurance. These things can really protect you from catastrophe because you can you could grow your money dramatically. You could have a million dollars, but if you suddenly come into uh, you get sued or you have medical problems, that can be wiped out rather quick. So understand the basics of creating that financial future and be consistent at it. Remember, going to the gym, eating salads. There are equivalents in the financial world, and you need to do both of those. Now I've been listening. If you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you know we get caller questions from all over America. Here's one that came in earlier from Colorado. Hi, Stephen Justin. My name is Elizabeth, and I'm calling from Inglewood, Colorado. Love the show. Listen to it all the time. Question: I hear so much about bonds and fixed income. I was wondering if perhaps convertible securities or preferred would almost serve as a substitute because the yields are so low with the bond market. So just curious about your thoughts. Listen for it on the show. Thank you again. All right. Uh, I don't like preferreds. I'll say that. Uh, I don't like preferreds. But <clears throat> I do like convertibles in general. I like the structure. So for everyone out there, what a convertible bond is, is that you you own a bond. You, you own a bond. You own f- that part of the capital structure, you're in that high part of the capital structure, which is good, right, from a safety perspective. But you also have a call option on the equity. So if the equity goes up in value, you get to participate in that ec- that that equity advance. You have to convert the bond into equity, but you're able to do that. And so I like that optionality there, where you have protection on the downside and you have that upside. Preferreds I don't like because that's the opposite. Not only are you not in the top of the capital structure, you're in between the bondholders and the uh, common stockholders, but you also don't have the upside of the stock or the company doing very well, right? So if I'm going to pick one or the other, I definitely like the convertible space. Now, the problem is that it's kind of abused, especially by tech companies. Tesla comes to, to mind. There's There are many, uh, that, that's a lot of the ways that they've been issuing debt is through convertible uh, bonds. And so, you know, I, 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 I'm weary to say you, I like convertibles entirely, um, but with rates low, because usually convertibles, your coupon rate is very low. It's 1%, right? But coupon rates in general right now are pretty low. So um, I like convertibles. It's a good diversifier in a portfolio. 
wouldn't rely on them completely, uh, but nothing wrong with having convert some convertible exposure in a diversified portfolio. Now let's keep moving. Here comes another caller question from 888-99-CHART. Hi, I just had a question on the stock MRNA. They're apparently close to having a COVID vaccine, and I was curious what kind of rise you would see in their share price if they were successful. Thanks. Bye. All right. This is a story that needs to be told. This is somebody needs to be arrested based on what happened. This is a couple days ago. They went on CNBC or the CEO, CFO, somebody from the company went on CNBC. And this is why you don't watch CNBC because they bring on, remember, CNBC is there to get you to watch. They don't care whether you make money. They don't care whether you make money. Remember that. Okay. So, they brought this the, the CEO of this company on, MRNA Moderna, and to talk about the this vaccine that they that they're that they're working on. They got it they got it past phase one. They're pumping this stock based on phase one. You know how many drugs make it to phase one? Almost all of them. Okay? And it came out after this whole spiel on CNBC that it was like forty-five people which is not nearly enough for a, a good study. Uh, the, the CEO, CFO sold a bunch of shares after the shares spiked on this quote-unquote news. And uh, they it, then they issued shares as well up around, I think it was $86 or something like that. And Morgan Stanley led the share issuance. This is another example. Remember, these bankers, they love their fees. They just want their fees. They don't care how many, who gets ripped off. Okay. So this hype around this company, Moderna and their, and their vaccine, it's, it's just hype. It's all hype. It's phase one, nothing, 40 people. And they went on CNBC, insiders sold shares. The company sold a bunch of shares to, to, to investors on this hype. I think this is a great short. Don't buy into this, oh, vaccine thing. I, this, this is my base case. I don't think there will ever be a vaccine for this version of the coronavirus. Why? There's never been a vaccine for a coronavirus. Never. Now, yes, more people are working on it, smarter people. There's more urgency for it. But there's never been. So to me, any news around, oh, a vaccine, it's just they're working on it and they've maybe progressed and they're getting they're getting closer. But until there's that final one, I just think it's all a bunch of hullabaloo. We know that it takes years to develop vaccines. Not to mention a vaccine for a type of virus we've never made a vaccine for. So don't buy into this hype around these companies because guess what? There's only going to be one. There's going to be the first one. And then nobody else is going to be developing one because there's only going to be one that's going to work. Okay. If there is, I still think there won't be. I just think we're going to have to live with this. We're going to have to take precautions. We're, there's going to be treatments for it, right? But I don't think there's going to be a vaccine. So use this name, Moderna, as a lesson of don't bu- just buy what you see on CNBC because once again, they don't care if you make money. They only care if you watch. 
They only care if you watch. Why? Because then they get to sell ads. That's what CNBC is. Remember, same with, I mean, this is news. This is the network show. This, these are all, they're all battling for eyeballs because they're, it's all business. They need to sell ads. Now, I think we can squeeze one more question before the break that came in earlier at 888 chart. Hi, Steve and Justin. Kyle from Philly. First time, long time here. Two-part question. Could you help me advise a friend of why not to buy Dorsell Industries? Delta, India, India, Bravo, Foxtrot. Aside from it being a penny stock, it looks very cyclical and seemingly hasn't made money over the past four years from what I can tell. And two, I've been sidelining some cash waiting for another bounce, but curious if you like Alibaba, B-A-B-A, and at what price you would recommend this one. Thanks again for your amazing show, and we'll listen for your answers. All right, I'm going to answer this question after the break because we're running up against a hard break right now. But this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here, and that's to help you achieve your own particular version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now at 888 chart On the next Invest Talk, this opinion, central bank policies encourage speculation, and many investors could be in over their heads. The sharp edge of the volatility soared. That story tomorrow. But now Justin Klein is here. He'll have unbiased answers when you call with your questions. Call Invest Talk 888 99Chart. Now, before the break, we had a caller asking about Dorel Industries and Alibaba. I'll start with Dorel Industries. I know a friend wants to buy it, and they're probably chasing that 18.5% dividend yield. And the issue here is that they have a ton of debt, $131 million market cap and about $618 million in long-term debt. Uh, so a ton of debt on their balance sheet and negative free cash flow and cash flow from operations that's uh, in decline. And that's the worry here is that their business, uh, you know, what they do is they sell children's uh, items like car seats and bicycles and furniture, et cetera, which, you know, generally is a pretty good business, but long term, their profitability is not that great and their leverage keeps going up. So they, they're, they're, they're borrowing a bunch of money to pay their dividend, but that dividend has now been cut from a dollar twenty a few years ago down to 30 cents per share. Uh, and looks to be dropping even more. So, you know, I, I just don't like companies that have cyclicality to their business, which this one obviously does, and it has a lot of debt. Uh, and the chart is definitely uh, not looking great either. So, uh, you know, I, I know it's gone up here, uh, but it's coming up into a lot of resistance. Uh, and I think you're in for in for an issue, uh, unless there's some sort of buyout or something like that. So I would pass on it. And Alibaba, we're short it. Uh, we think that uh, the, all these Chinese companies have a certain level of fraud uh, in them, Alibaba included. Uh, even though they were audited by, audited by PwC in Hong Kong, uh, a lot of that was done by the office in mainland China. And we think once the Outside auditors come in and look at their business. There's definitely going to be uh, some fraud in there. It's just like uh, most companies. There's a reason that Baidu is looking to list somewhere else. Instead of going through the normal audit like every other public company here in the U.S. does, uh, they just want to delist and, and go somewhere else. They're hiding something. These Chinese companies are hiding the fact that a lot of their numbers are made up. Not that they're, they don't have a business. It's just that 
a lot of the growth, a lot of the business is made up. Let's go to Frank in San Rafael looking at silver. SLV. I've had it for about a year now, and I'm down 32%. I just want your opinion on it. Yeah, we like silver. Uh, you know, we like the miners ourselves. You know, we do the research on the actual mining companies and which ones are, are good and good values, have good balance sheets, good leadership, uh, good mines in domiciled countries that are, that are relatively safe. So th- that's what we are, uh, that's the way we're playing this, this uh, side of the market, uh, gold and silver. And we do think silver is going to, is starting to outperform gold. And I think we're starting to enter that phase here for a little while. So I like the silver a little bit more than the gold in the medium term. Long term, I still like gold, but in the medium term, I, I'm liking silver a little bit more. So I would say keep your SLV and pick up a silver miner if you want to add to your position because you're going to get a lot more upside, usually about two to three times the volatility of silver prices. Now, certainly more risky, but that's the way we are playing the silver market. Thanks for the call, Frank. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. Let's touch lastly on that previous caller. Uh, and there's now a bill that just passed the Senate going through the House now uh, to force these companies, these Chinese companies, to be audited like our own U.S. listed companies using U.S. accounting rules and. This is going to uncover a lot of of issues, um, and this to me could be that next knock-on effect. Right? Uh, a lot of people said, "Well, the knock-on effect uh, is in the corporate space, or maybe in the real estate market," which I do think we eventually get there, right? Because you can't have uh, central banks and governments kind of plugging holes forever, right? They have to kind of pull off and let the world, let the world kind of work on its own. And I think you'll have some knock on effects there, but in the near term, this, there's going to be some fallout here. Now, how this is going to work out, I don't know exactly, but certainly this is, this is the head of the snake for now is the, are the Chinese companies listed on our exchanges. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I will return on Monday, actually on Tuesday. And Steve in it. We will return with highlights for the newest KPP Premium newsletter tomorrow. And please remember to download our April bonus show podcast. We call it the Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour. It's free. Please tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.